Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. I'm America's favorite co-host, Jeremy Fallis, also with the Department of Communication. Today, we're going to give you insight to, into an upcoming expungement fair that is designed to help community members get back on their feet and find gainful employment. Now, before we get into that discussion, be sure to go back and get caught up on any episode of The Wrap you may have missed. You can find the shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. New episodes can also be found on the Michigan Medicine YouTube channel and as part of the headlines we can review. On that note, let's bring in three guests who will tell us more about the expungement fair and talk to us about why expungement is so vital for uh, some members of the community. First, uh, let's have the three of you introduce yourselves. Herb, why don't you go first? Hey, I'm Herb Fluker. I work at uh, Michigan Works Southeast. I'm a career advisor that deals with reentry into our community and employment. Uh, our whole issue is workforce development. And here at Michigan Works Southeast, we like to create better futures, connections to a better future. Good morning, my name is Sarah Monroe. I am the pro bono manager at Michigan Advocacy Program. We are a poverty law related organization that administers a number of statewide uh, programs. Um, one of which is Legal Services of South Central Michigan. Our work is focused on low income members of our community, community and providing them attorneys. I am also an attorney. So good morning, all. Um, my name is Alfreda Rooks, and I'm the Director of Community Health Services for U of M Health Michigan Medicine. Well, thank you all for being here. Now let's dive right in. Can you tell us about the expungement fair coming up later this month and what its aim is? We have an expungement fair scheduled for Washtenaw County on Saturday, October 28th from 10 to 2. Um, our aim is to help as many people with convictions in Washtenaw County get them expunged. Um, anyone is welcome to attend who has a conviction in Washtenaw County or who's a Washtenaw County resident with convictions elsewhere in the state. Uh, the fair will be held at the Learning Resource Center, and you can register for the fair at our websites, myadvocacy.org or lsscm.org. I like to piggyback on what Sarah said and bring out the fact that we've been doing this. This is our ninth annual uh, expungement fair in the county. We've been doing this for about nine years now. Well, this is the ninth year, but it started with just an ideal, you know, an ideal that uh, we recognize uh, at Michigan Works starting off that People were being denied employment, promotional opportunities because of a past criminal history record. And because of that, we came up with an ideal to you know, help those individuals so that they could remove that barrier and move into a promotion, successful employment. But we realized that it took a team to do that. You know, We all have our expertise uh, on the team. And when we sought to create a team, we went to uh, Michigan Advocacy or Legal uh, Services of South Central Michigan. We went to the Washtenaw County Prosecutor's Office. We also went to the Public Defender's Office, the Washtenaw County Sheriff's Office, so that we could get their buy-in 
along the way, the courts have bought into it. Uh, other community partners, such as Michigan Medicine and the University of Michigan has bought into it, and all have been very helpful. Sarah can speak to the fact that some of our volunteers at our fairs actually come from, you know, the community and the University of Michigan. So I just wanted to, you know, give a little history about why we do this, because we believe that removing these barriers will assist our community prosper. Uh, and it helps not only the individual, but it helps the employers as well. It helps a criminal justice system. For our employers, it helps because of the fact that you will be able to get them more talent, open up another talent pool that they can reach into and bring into their organization. You know, for our community, of course, if you remove the barrier of employment, you know, then those members become productive members of society. So it's important to understand that we don't just put on these fairs, but we do them in the interest of our whole community and that it benefits our whole community. Yeah, and Herb talked about how this fair has been going on for a number of years now. Something important that happened um, in 2021 was that new legislation um, was enacted around expungements in Michigan. The legislation is called the Clean Slate Act, and estimates um, have um, more or close to a million Michiganders being newly eligible for expungement um, with the passage of that legislation. So prior to 2021, we would have a lot of people come to our offices hoping to get an expungement, but the uh, number of people who were eligible under the law was very small because it was quite limited. Um, now, um, an unlimited number of misdemeanors can be expunged and um, people with less than four felonies um, can have, so you can have up to three felonies expunged. Um, there's some um, limitations on that, but um, the um, bottom line is that there are a ton of people in Michigan who are eligible to, for expungements now that the Clean Slate Act um, is law. So I think some of the questions a lot of people are gonna have that are listening to this is, why are they getting expunged? What are some of the biggest misconceptions uh, misconceptions that are around this? Why are these folks eligible for it? And when you say temp, you know, a million people are eligible to do this, that's 10% of our population. So it's many more than I think most people would understand. So let's dive into that a little bit and kind of get some of those facts out of the way. Well, I think one of the most important things to understand is the benefit to our economy. Uh, so when we as Michigan Works Southeast is a part of the state's workforce development core, we're always looking at what's going to make our state stronger, more competitive, you know, in order to provide our citizens or Michiganders with great quality of life. And when you look at some of the barriers that are presented, there are barriers of employment. There are barriers to housing. And expungement is just one tool that really uh, helps to remove those barriers. You know, there's already a stigma once somebody in our society makes a mistake and then they do their corrective measures or time for that mistake. And then when they come home to try to become a productive member of society, these roadblocks exist. 
you know, there are uh, housing providers that won't allow a person because of their past, you know, uh, apply for uh, a rent or a lease or a mortgage. There are some barriers when it comes to or stigma to employment. Oh, because this person did this, then now they're going to be a detrimental uh, part of our company if we brought them in. But expungement allows for that particular offense or those offenses, if eligible, to be set aside to where the only people now that even recognize that they're in existence is in, anymore is still the court and law enforcement and such uh, entities as that. But your regular employers, they can't see that anymore. So a person can literally walk in and say, if they have that question, you know, do you have a past conviction record? If you have received an expungement or set aside, you can actually say no because it's no longer there, you know? So this gives you another opportunity, a competitive opportunity to get back into the workforce, to establish housing. And once you can do that, it not only builds the self-esteem of the person who is applying for this, but it also gives a business an opportunity to tap into uh, a pool that wasn't there initially. And you'll find out a lot of times that these individuals who receive set-asides or expungement, they already have the drive because they, they're driven to succeed, to, to let the world know, hey, I'm not just a failure. Yes, I made a mistake, you know, but as a human being, who doesn't make mistakes? Some of us make different mistakes that we need to go ahead and, you know, take corrective action, but you know, this has just given our community a chance and those individuals a chance. And I think we all benefit from it in the state when we're able to give individuals a chance. I agree. Um, you asked about some misconceptions and I think Herb um, uh, touched on some. I think an important one is um, that um, people think, oh, there are all these people with uh, these um convictions who can just go get them taken off their record. No, it's there's more to it than that. There's a waiting period involved and that varies based on the type of conviction you had. Um, and then um, provided that um, you're applying um, for, there, there's some um, types of convictions that can be automatic, automatically expunged. But um, I think the convictions that our um, society deems the more serious convictions cannot be, and those require an application to the court where the person applying for the expungement, the applicant, um, must prove to the court that they have rehabilitated their life. So um, really, this is kind of an acknowledgement by our society that a person's you know, life isn't uh, determined by the worst thing that they've ever done, right? That we, that we as human beings can redeem ourselves. We can prove that through um, showing the court how we've re rehabilitated, we've stayed out of trouble, and that um, we're allowed then to be fully participatory in our society. Her mentioned employment. Something that might be of interest to some of your listeners at Michigan Medicine is the number of people who are underemployed because of um, their conviction. So they have jobs, but those jobs are low paying and they're just unable to go up to that next level 
um, because of convictions that are on their record. Even if you know their employer thinks they're a wonderful employee and they're to work on time and working hard and show up every day. So these kind of convictions, just as a matter of policy that uh, developed kind of in our private sector, um, uh, really stand in the way of people's ability to um, provide for their families and contribute to their community. Um, her mentioned housing. Another thing I would add is um, simple things, well, things that we think of simple, like volunteering at your kids' schools. The Ann Arbor Public School System runs a criminal background check on anyone who wants to go on a field trip with their child or their grandchild. So um, these kind of things that people without um, convictions might not um, realize really, really um, pose barriers in a whole variety of um, places in people's lives. Um, so that is, you know, just um, the number of ways that getting an expungement can help someone is really hard to summarize in a podcast. Yeah, and I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think another one of the misperceptions is that somebody who's, you know, would be eligible for this are, those are other people. Those are people we don't interact with on a daily basis. And maybe Alfreda, you can touch on this a little bit. These could be members of the Michigan medicine community, people who work here or want to work here. It could be people that we're treating on a daily basis. You know, these are people that, that we interact with in the community and are already, you know, beneficial members of the community. And, just have been dealt this hand because of, like Sarah said, the biggest mistake they've ever made in their life, um, really have now such a hard time getting a leg up and, and moving forward. Is that right? That is right. That is correct. Um, from my previous experience with volunteer services, when I was director of that program, we would often have folks who wanted to volunteer because either for a court ordered or because they wanted to give back in some kind of way. And as you know, um, because we are bringing folks into Michigan medicine, all of our volunteers are subjected to a criminal history background check as well. And so being able to look at somebody, look at what um, their offense was and look at the age of when it was, when it happened, would we would then have the opportunity to be able to say, okay, this person can volunteer in this position or this role. Um, we still do that today. As for our employees, I think that one of the greatest, one of the best things that we did was when Michigan Medicine uh, or University of Michigan decided to ban the box, which means that you no longer have to disclose your criminal history. Um, and a part of that is because we do that extensive criminal history background check. But I think it also makes it more employment more available for other people, um, people who may have had some experience with the criminal justice system um, to again, be gainfully employed because that is one of the big steps, I think, um, for somebody who is returning um, to society is making sure that all of the supports that they need, that includes um, a job, housing, transportation, those things are in place to provide those wraparound services and support, um, in my opinion, reduces the possibility of them recidivizing and ending up continuing to go deeper into the criminal justice system. So let's circle back to you know, the reason we're talking today is not only about expungements, but the fact that you're holding a fair. What does the fair look like? What does someone walking through the door, what are they going to face? Who are they meeting with? What are they talking about? So uh, registration is required. Sometimes we change that 
depending on the number of registrations we have shortly before the fair. But at this point, we're encouraging and requiring that everyone who wants to attend the fair register. Um, that allows us to run a person's iChat. That's the internet criminal history access tool that is maintained by the Michigan State Police. We then have attorneys in my office review their i. Uh, registrants iChat to um, ensure that they are in fact eligible. So that means they're not in waiting period to apply. Um, they don't have too many felonies, which renders a person ineligible, and their convictions aren't of the nature that are they are um, you know unable um, to have them expunged. There are certain types of convictions that um, are not included in our expungement law. So um, we screen their iChat. Uh, and then um, if they are ineligible, they are told why they are ineligible and provided their iChat. But if they are eligible, they are then um, sent an email and um, invited to the fair. Herb, do you want to talk about um, what it's like when a person arrives? Uh, thank you, Sarah. Yes. Uh, when a person arrives, one of the most important things we wanted to make sure as a committee was that any person who arrived was able to complete what they needed to do the initial process in one stop. You know, I had been to fairs before and I'm sure uh, other people have heard of fairs before, but it was always come to the fair, it was an informational thing, and then you would meet with someone at another date. Well, once you came and then you left, life happens. You may not be able to make it back. You may be, something may tie you up. So we wanted to make sure that at our fairs in Washtenaw County, that they were one-stop events, meaning that when you got there, you were greeted. We had individuals there to assist you move through the process, but not only were you pre-checked, if you came and you missed a pre-check, you could still be checked right on site, run an eye chat, find out from the attorneys who are present. And, you know, there's a lot of attorneys in our area who volunteer their time. No one gets paid to do any of this work. We all volunteer our time to assist, you know, the participants of the fair. And you get the expertise of the attorneys. Not only once the attorney has found that you're eligible, we actually type up your application, which is submitted to the court. We also do fingerprinting there on site, which is a requirement for an expungement or set aside. We also have other uh, uh, vendors there, Washington Literacy, to talk about literacy opportunities, GED opportunities. We have Michigan Works presence who discusses all of the programs we have available. This is one of the best times in the state's history where if you want training, there is a vehicle for that training to be paid for. If you want to finish an associate's degree, well, that's what the uh, state government has brought about in having the Michigan Reconnect program, where if you're 25, now 21 until next fall, if you have a GD high school diploma and you want to go to a community college, it will be paid for. So not only is the goal to go ahead and have you come to the expungement on the day of the fair, 
to get everything accomplished so that when you leave there, it's in an attorney's hand to carry forth with what needs to be done at the court. And we have members, the, the Washington Sheriff's Department does free fingerprinting at the fair. The, the Washtenaw County Prosecutor's Office has people to run the criminal, uh, run the court records, which you need to get an expungement so that those things are available. So instead of you having to come at one location, then go to another location, then travel somewhere else to get all of this together, we do it all right there. You know, so that you can come in, you're going to be helped. And by the time you leave there, your application and things will be well underway. And it allows you that peace of mind to know I'm not in this alone. There's people who are professionals who are helping me with this. That's why it's important that we work as a team and we have for nine years. And I, I'm going to do the shameless plug and say that Washington County was the first county in the state of Michigan to do it this way. Everybody else after they, they did it this way, like Detroit came up and attended our fair and said, oh, y'all got a great idea. We're gonna start doing it this way. So everybody kind of followed suit after what we started here in this county. And I, for one, am very proud of the work we do all of our partners work hard and we're all generally caring about the individual that comes to see us. So please come to the fair on Saturday because believe me, we're there to help you. Right. And I also want to add that in addition to attorney volunteers, we have University of Michigan Law School in the community. And um, historically, they have been great partners um, this upcoming fair in particular, um, students who are members of the Michigan Access Program and students who are members of the Michigan Law Students, uh, the Black Law Students Association um, are attending the fair and volunteering their time. Um, and they, you know, they do this out of the goodness of their hearts, as do um, the attorneys in our community as, you know, part of their pro bono work for our program and our community. Um, so we really couldn't do these fairs without um, our volunteers. Everyone who comes to the fair will meet with an attorney. They will confirm their eligibility. And as Herb said, their um, uh, applications will be prepared for them. Um, and um, the goal is by the time they leave the fair, most of their application um, will be ready for filing. Um, if a person qualifies for legal services, um, uh, assistance, that is, they're under 200% of poverty, um, they then um, will get representation um, in um, at least the filing of their application and sometimes at their hearing by a pro bono attorney or a staff attorney. If they don't qualify for us, um, our public defender in Washtenaw County will take their case and help them file their application. Um, so there are um, instructions to, for a person to do this um, process on their own on michiganlegalhealth.org. Um, but I will say that this is a bit of a complicated filing process. It requires service to five different entities. Um, and the um, advantage we have in Washtenaw County is that there are organizations willing to help our residents do that. Um, that is not true in every county in Michigan. 
This is all great information. And we've talked so much already about the benefits of, you know, the, the expungement fair and those who are getting their records expunged. I just have two more questions before we wrap up the conversation. Um, what would you tell, there still may be some members of our community who may feel a little bit nervous, right? If they, you know, all of a sudden are um, working with people who may have had their records expunged and, and had a criminal past history, what would you say to them, um, you know, if um, they're being put in that situation and they probably won't even know about it, which is a great thing, um, but there still may be people that are nervous about that. And then Alfreda, maybe you can wrap it up by saying, so how can members of our Michigan medicine community really support these expungement efforts? Well, um, to be frank, um, our society is filled with people with criminal convictions. If you look at the statistics um, in our adult population, a large number of people have convictions. So uh, we are, whether or not we recognize it, dealing on a daily basis with people who have criminal convictions and um, allowing people access you know, to participate in our society and to provide for their families and have safe, stable housing, provided that they've met all the requirements and rehabilitated their lives and are staying out of trouble, really benefits us all. The only other thing I'd say about that is um, I think um, there's a misconception that um, an expungement completely erases, you know, any trace of the fact that a person has had a conviction from history. And that is not the case. The police, the court system, the prosecutor's office keep a record of um, a conviction whether or not it's been expunged. The only thing that an expungement does is remove that conviction from the public um, you know, conviction history, that eye chat that I mentioned before. So it's not like, uh, you know, a person uh, gets to start over and will have no consequence if they, you know, commit another crime in the future. You know, as a person who retired, I retired from the Michigan State Police. Before a crime is committed, before someone has a criminal history record, there's always that first mistake. You cannot ever guarantee that someone will not make a mistake, you know? And it's upon us as citizens to be aware of our surroundings, to be aware of what we're doing. You know, if you're working with a coworker, you're gonna always be self-aware of that person's actions, of what changes, you know, in their behavior during the time that you're working with them, you know? so having someone who may have made a mistake in the past, you know, isn't going to alleviate, you know, that fear if you just tell somebody, oh, I made a mistake in the past. Well, that doesn't guarantee my actions from today or going forward. What guarantees our safety is that we look out for each other. You know, uh, if you, you see something, say something, basically is the bottom line, you know, but I'd like to always put out there that if you were that individual that had made a mistake and you had a conviction, would you want someone to judge you from that one incident, that one mistake for the rest of your entire life? You know, so it's upon us to give everybody a chance. 
you know, and to judge them based on what they're doing currently, okay, or what they've done to us. So can I provide comfort to someone and say, yeah, that person will never make a mistake. But I've dealt with people who that was their first mistake, <laughs> you know, so we can't guarantee it. But in this instance, I think there's more of a benefit than a hindrance. You know, you're bringing a productive member back into society. They're productive. They have a job. You know, if you're working and you have a purpose, chances that you're going to go back to that same situation where you made that mistake lessons, you know, now you're not tying up our courts. You're not tying up the police. You're, you're doing more to help than you are to hinder. So just keep that in mind, you know, if we're helping people. You know, and whether you're actually doing the expungement or whether you're just that that person's new coworker, judging them from their actions now helps all of us. I would also just add um, that there is fairly interesting um, scholarship around recidivism rates um, for people who have gotten expungements. Coincidentally, um, the scholarship was published by University of Michigan Law School professors J.J. Prescott, Sonia Starr, and Benjamin Pyle. So there is actually data supporting the fact that when people, you know, go through the work that's required to obtain their expungement, they are then less likely to commit crimes in the future. Love that. Thank you so much to the both of you. And then Alfreda, how can our Michigan Medicine teams really support these efforts? Before I answer that question, I'd like to talk about why this was important um, to bring this topic to light for Michigan Medicine. So as you know, um, as one of the nonprofit hospitals, we partner with Trinity Ann Arbor and with Chelsea Hospital to complete our community health needs assessment. Um, and so our, our priorities for community health needs assessment, the three that we're looking at are um, mental health and substance use disorder, obesity and its related illnesses, and then preconceptual and perinatal health to improve maternal health and decrease infant mortality. And we're taking a look at that individually as Michigan Medicine from a broader social determinant of health. And we see um, incarceration as one of our emerging issues um, because it does work across all levels of our community health priority needs that we've identified. And so being able to um, have an opportunity to support or to mitigate a person's um, percentage or chance of returning um, to, uh, to become a guest of the state or a guest of our county um, is really important in how we address those community health needs. The other reason why it's important is because Michigan Medicine, U of M Health, has made a commitment um, through our um, being an anchor institution to do a project in the 4897, 4898 zip codes. Um, our project is called Building Bridges, Connecting Communities, um, the Ypsilanti Initiative, and it involves our expansion of our Ypsilanti Health Center and services that will be brought to bear that are, no, that are not currently at our existing facility um, to downtown Ypsilanti. The other piece is that there are then three other avenues that we're working um, to address the health disparities and also improve economic wealth and community health for those two zip codes. And they are, one of those is workforce development. And when we're looking at workforce development, we're also looking at what are some of the barriers to people being either trained or employed 
that we can address or assist with. And so it was just a natural synergy for me to talk about the expungement there, because that is one of the barriers for workforce development. And we want to make sure that as we are providing and putting together and partnering with Michigan Works on some of these things around training for folks, that we remove any barrier that may be a deterrent to somebody being successful. And so I see this as our opportunity to make sure that we are helping folks be successful because when they're successful and they're gainfully employed or they're employed at a level that provides them um, a living wage and not just even, or, or better than a living wage, it creates a foundation of economic stability which means that the next generation has a foundation of economic stability to work from. And so we are breaking the poverty of cycle, not the cycle of poverty, not the poverty of cycle, but the cycle of poverty um, that sometimes has been going on for, you know, for two or three generations. And so we wanna make sure that we're providing that because if we can provide that economic stability, then we can improve health. Because if you have a job that provides you with health insurance, you're more likely to go and get your preventative services. And so this is all tied into us as an anchor institution and how we view ourselves as a part of the community. Thank you, Alfreda. That is a, a really nice way to, to wrap things up. And I think a, a holistic way to really look at the whole process and why it's so important to our organization. Thank you to all three of you for joining us. If you want to learn more about the upcoming expungement fair, Go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. All right, it's time for the lightning round when we ask one of our guests four quick fire questions. Now, Alfreda, as the lone official representative of Michigan Medicine, of course, we're putting you in the hot seat. You ready to go? Am I ever ready, Daniel? <laughs> Never, but you're going to do it anyway because yes, you're brave like that. Yes. It's a pleasure to have you back, Alfreda, doing this once again. So I, we obviously had a pretty serious conversation, so so let's have some fun here. Um, yeah, the baseball playoffs are in full swing. Are you a baseball fan? And if so, who is your favorite team? Um, no, I'm not a baseball fan, but, but I was at um, one of the World Series games in 1968 between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Detroit Tigers when the Detroit Tigers won the World Series. So... I'll there you there. go. See, we get little nuggets like that. Who knows? Who knew? All right. Maybe this will be more up your alley. Uh, as everyone knows, this past Wednesday was National Chocolate Cupcake Day. So we need to know what's your favorite kind of cake. Um, is there any other type of cake other than chocolate? <laughs> they make other cake. <laughs> I think we got your answer. <laughs> That's fair. I'm with you. Uh, so the, the trees are starting to change. Specifically, the leaves are starting to change. I didn't write the script. Um, so fall is here. What is your favorite fall tradition? Um, so my formerly favorite, okay, y'all gonna say, Alfreda talks about her husband all the time. My former favorite fall tradition was my husband teaching on Saturdays. Um, but since then, he has stopped doing that. And so now I think my favorite fall tradition is we like to take drives um, and look at the colors. Um, he just said, matter of fact, he just said the other night that fall is his favorite time of year. Nice. Now, was that your favorite tradition because you had Saturdays to yourself? <laughs> we, we won't tell him. Just don't have him watch this episode. Okay. <laughs> All right. Finally, what advice would you give to the next generation of leaders at Michigan Medicine? 
That's a very good question. Um, and I think that what I would tell the next generation of leaders um, at Michigan Medicine is to not hold that leadership um, title so close to your eye. Um, and if I could, um, when I used to work with our organizational development um, department and doing the foundations of leadership and then the master's leadership training, I would always end with this story um, in that I am a fan of old movies. And one of my favorite old movies is called Apartment for Peggy. Um, and in that movie, there is a returning veteran from World War II who's going to college and he's thinking like, you know, much of what's going on in our world today, why are we putting forth this effort? Why am I doing this? Why am I trying to educate the next generation? And his wife, Peggy, asked him to hold up a coin to his eye and hold it very closely. And then she asked him, what can you see? And he said, all I see is the coin. And she said, okay, move it back. What do you see? And he started describing all of the things that were in the room. And she said, that's why you don't hold money so closely. And I say, that's why you don't hold leadership so closely in that title, because then you forget the things that matter most. And that's the people, that's the compassion, that's the care that we provide. And that's also just being part of our society as human beings. And so I think that's very important. Um, and I do indeed tell that to all of our, um, anyone who I get to talk to, I, I share that story because it's very important. That's that's beautiful. Thank you, Alfreda. We, we really appreciate you uh, playing along and providing all that great insight. And thank you to all our guests for sharing their details uh, about the upcoming expungement fair in Washtenaw County. Once again, if you want to learn more about that fair, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. While you're there, you can check out other featured stories from this week, including the unique story of Dr. Gary Freed and information on open enrollment, which is going on now through October 27th. Find all that and more at mmheadlines.org. All right, Dan. So we asked Alfreda her favorite fall tradition. What is yours? So I love fall. I love the weather this time of year where it gets cooler. I mean, it, it signals that winter is coming, but that's we'll ignore that for now. Um, I love going to Michigan football games. I've been doing that pretty much my whole life. My family's had season tickets to Michigan football. Um, and we used to live near the Franklin Cider Mill. Um, and so going to cider mills, I love doing that. And, you know, it just sort of signals that that the weather is changing, that it's getting cooler. Summer is in the past um, and, and fall is here. So I love cider mills. What about you? I just love being outside. I'm with you. The weather, it being cool, you know, it obviously is sad that winter is coming, um, at least the part where it's really, really cold and wet before it gets snowy. Um, but I've always enjoyed being outside, whether it's playing soccer games or running races or going to a cider mill, hiking, whatever. Um, it's just nice that you can see your breath and you can warm up pretty quickly with an extra blanket or a jacket or something. And um, I just I, I enjoy the colors. It's it, it's probably my second favorite uh, season behind summer. But, um, you know, it's sad to see summer go. But football is not a bad runner up. For over a century, Michigan Medicine has been on a mission to bring Michigan answers to patients and families across Michigan and beyond. It's why University of Michigan Health is honored to have been named Michigan's number one hospital once again by U.S. News & World Report, and to have been named year after year to the prestigious honor roll of the nation's top hospitals. If you need a Michigan answer in your life, think Michigan Medicine and visit michigananswers.com. Awesome. All right. It's time for the weekly trivia contest. This week's question is, 
Who is the subject of this week's People of Michigan Medicine feature in headlines? Once again, who is the subject of this week's People of Michigan Medicine feature in headlines? You can find the answer by rewinding this episode about a minute or by checking out headlines itself. And once you know it, send it to headlines at med.umich.edu for the chance to win a prize. That's all we have for this week. Thank you to all our guests for joining us today. And thanks as always to our listeners for everything you do for our patients, families, and each other. We'll see you next week.